Good evening, lunatics. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Bix Vapor Rub and Kleenex Tissues. <laughs> I'm going to have my finger on the mute button because the, the cough is upon me. I, I thought I was done with it. You know, I just had some sniffles and, and then all of a sudden this hit me about two days ago and about knocked me out. So I'm going to do my best to not cough all over you and <clears throat> in your ears. But uh, I figured we would do kind of a 2024, you know, look ahead. Um, we just got done with 2023 and uh, things went well. We really enjoyed the podcast last week. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from having Richie and Phil on. Uh, it was it was certainly entertaining if it was anything. And uh, so here we are. Um, you have any, you have anything you'd like to get started with as we look forward to uh, 2024? No, nothing in particular. I mean, there's lots of things I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. Um, one question I have though is I'm not seeing this on Restream. Uh, I am starting refresh soon. The page. Refresh the page. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, uh, so when we start, so go back to January of 23, um, there we, we only, we only had about what, four trucks running. We had maybe seven in the system. Uh, I can tell you real quick, January of 23, January of 23. Yeah. Let me move my crap out of the way here so I can see my desktop. I'm going back to the spreadsheet, you know, cause y'all, we write everything down. Okay. In 2023, uh, in when in January, yeah, um, I'm seeing Mary's. Well, set. we 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 had a we had a maximum. It, we we started out with five. It went right. to seven. Ended up being at eight by the end of March. Okay. So I'm talking the first quarter. But in January we were five, and then we were six one week and we're four the next week. So probably people were. Well, one of those was a team, Chris. We had a team at the time. Right. So we had, yeah, we had five basically in January. We bumped to about six in February and we were at seven and eight in March. So we started basically with four or five. Right. Um, and now we are about to have truck number 12 in the system. We've got 11 in the system right now. We have three drivers coming at the end of this month. And so that will put us to 11 trucks on the road. We will finish january with 11 trucks on the road and one unseated so that's basically essentially double uh mm -hmm. from 2023 to 2024 yeah 2023 is a horrible year you know we we we, well, we shouldn't be um i mean this shouldn't be happening you know how did we double the size in the worst year on in, in, in the industry's history yeah i'm doing this very tongue-in-cheek you know that right right Right. Um, well, Just I mean, for the people in the back row, it, it was <clears throat> terrible for a lot of people. It really was. I mean, I, I will not deny that a lot of people struggled. A lot of people failed. A lot of people lost their businesses, lost their trucks, lost their livelihood. Um, that happened. That 100% happened. And it continues to happen every day. The last metric I heard was about 450 carriers per day leaving the industry and that to get things back in balance, we would need that number to be about a thousand. We need a thousand carriers a day to leave in order to get back to pre pandemic levels of available trucks. And, you know, trucks can't go away 
um, without people going with them. They, we we don't have autonomous trucks yet, you know. So <laughs> every one of these trucks and these companies that goes away um, is a person or or people, um, you know. And I I don't know that we've done all that good of a job of telling the stories that we know personally. We've kind of mentioned them. Um, you know, a, a young man that had five trucks and trailers ended up down to one, um, brought that truck into our fleet and ended up selling it just because it was too, even at that point was too much for him to handle still running from lawsuits. Um, we have one in the fleet right now that, that, uh, that basically was losing a truck, um, we bought his trailer. Um, so we, we have personally seen the stories. I think the difference between the people that have come to us, the difference between them and the rest is they said, Hey, I, I listen, I've screwed up. I have gotten myself into a terrible position. I don't know how to get out. We've done what we could to help them. Um, most of the other ones that I see are uh, absolutely incapable of saying, uh, this was my fault. I did this. Um, I made bad decisions. I brought, bought the wrong equipment. Um, you know, you know, and, the thing about funny, funny thing about that, what's well, not funny, but an observation, the one person you're talking about in our fleet that, um, uh, basically lost his truck and we ended up buying a trailer. He he's turned out to be probably, if not our best student in the top two. Um, and that's oh, unusual. That's, I mean, that's unusual because like you say, usually it's hard to get them to accept the responsibility for bad decisions. But I mean, this guy is a hundred percent turnaround. I mean, from where we found him, you know, and, and listens, coachable, a hard worker. I mean, does everything you ask him to do exactly like it's supposed to be done. So it goes to show you, I mean, it, it, there are people out there that, that do want to, um, you know, fix their problems and they will listen, but man, the high majority of them don't, you know, we, our record is still, is still clean in terms of number of, of, of a Landstar, BCOs, Landstar owner operators that have come in the program to quote fix the error of their ways. We're we're a hundred percent. None of them have lasted more than ten weeks. The last one, by the way, lasted three days. So. Three days. <clears throat> three days. Yeah. He he technically wasn't even out of orientation before he was looking for the the door, right? Right. Uh, right. Which was, <clears throat> you know, and, and we we did an interview today. And I said, it, the, I did an orientation by myself one time. I had two guys. And I, our driver contract is three or four pages. And I read every word to them. We sat across the table from one another, and we read every line of the Blue Ribbon driver contract. And we had one of those two that, beyond him signing his name on it, had absolutely no idea what that contract said. And it's not legalese. It, it is written in plain English. And it, and it's, and it's not a super complicated contract yet. People will sign these lease purchase contracts that they don't read that do have a bunch of legalese that oh, you would, you really should have an attorney look at and they'll never let that happen. Right. Um, <clears throat> then you wonder why it goes bad, you know? Right. We have a comment. Where did I see, uh, Terry T-Rex. Just finished a lease to own at Prime. If I had it to do over again, would have gone the lunatic route. That being said, I'm seriously coming over to Landstar 
and doing your mentorship program. Well, Terry, if you've got the truck paid for, I would highly recommend that. Um, well, first of all, congratulations on completing the lease, especially at Prime. Uh, you're in rare air right there. So we know uh, what that takes. I've, I've I've met, I've seen that deal. <laughs> I've so met congratulations. Two. That's a, that's a, it's an accomplishment. We've uh, met if you two. can do that, you can, you can, you can come to Landstar and be successful. We've uh, met two people, um, that have completed a lease. And the one thing the two of them had common was they worked about, you know, 365 days a year, like just never went home. They just yeah. absolutely worked like animals and walked away with a truck. Now, just because somebody did it, uh, doesn't mean I'm going to recommend it. No, 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 no. Uh, like I say, he's in rare air. There's, he's in a very, very exclusive club. Um, and I'm sure he, well, he just said if he had to do over again, he wouldn't have done it that way, but at least you listen, at least you got through it. That's all that matters. So, uh, congratulations. That's, um, that's not an easy thing to do. I, um, I, I don't congratulate your decision to do it, but I congratulate your perseverance in doing it. <clears throat> you know, here's another thing, Chris, I think we, you know, in our, in our transparency, in our world transparency, you know, and I, and I, I think I told you a couple of days ago, we, we, our gross revenue, gross revenue is $1 million less this year than it was last year. $1 million. That's a big less. number. And we're still prop. We were still profitable in 2023. You know, now everybody made a little less, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have drivers making $9,900,000 like we did before, but you know, we in annualized, I'm sure everybody's probably about 75 if they've been here the whole year. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, listen, there's a, I mean, the majority of people lost money and got out of the business, you know? Um, yeah. And like you said, our average loaded mile uh, was 329 this year. So just goes to show you what it, what it was last year. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm not proud that we're a million dollars off because nothing we can do about it. It's, it's, it's a situation in trucking. I am proud of the fact that even with that number, we still made money, you know, I mean, it's not like we made tens of money, but everybody still made money. And, um, and on top of that, we're still growing the, the fleet, you know, we're going to double the size of the freight fleet probably by March or April. So, um, you know, it's, and, and, and by then I think the Q3, Q4, I think we'll start seeing this thing shift the other direction and we'll be in position to probably get that million and a little more back. Um, hoping 2 million this year and back uh, since what with the expansion. So that should put us up somewhere around, you know, in excess of 5 million. So <clears throat> that'd be, my, that'd be our, our goal for the year. Let me, um, and I want to, I want to clarify something that when we say the three twenty nine, we always get to come. Is it before or after Landstar's percentage? It's before. Okay. And here's why we talk about that number. If you go to Google right now and type in what was the average rate per mile in 2023, just Google it. I can tell you what it's going to do, what it's going to say, because I looked at it today. It's going to say somewhere between $1.50 and $2.210, $2.15. That was the average for the year, and that measure is gross numbers paid to a carrier, all right? So now I, the one thing I'm not clear on is that the rate 
plus the fuel surcharge, or is that the rate including the fuel surcharge? What do you think it is? Well, it depends because I mean, in in the spot market, there's no such thing as fuel surcharge. So it, I, I would say it's all in. Well, let's take the extreme <clears throat> view. Let's say that that two dollar and ten or fifteen cents that was that average was not including the national fuel surcharge, which takes it up to two, probably forty five or two fifty average for the year. Right. right. That means <clears throat> we beat the extreme example by at least. 70 cents per mile. And for those of you that are obsessed, obsessed to the point of convulsions with the after Landstar percentage, we still beat that number after Landstar percentage. But of course we did that with no insurance cost and unbelievable fuel discounts and tire discounts and use of a trailer and, you know, many, many other things, but we whipped y'all Lease to a carrier. We yeah, went. Well, not not to a carrier. Land starve. Land starve. <laughs> um, we absolutely destroyed the national freight average by a lot. So that's why we use that number because it's a it's an apples to apples to absolute number. What's the customer paying? Well, the customer in the average market. Spot market paid somewhere around two dollars, two ten, two fifteen. In our market, it paid three twenty nine. So, and 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 by the way, that we know what our quote broker fees are at Landstar. Yeah, they're fifteen percent. Uh, we know what that is. Um, so, it, you know, the the our number is before we pay the bills, but so is your number. If you have your own authority and you're running and you're comparing rates to rates, you still got to write checks. You know. Um, our checks, we write a lot smaller, by the way, did you see the number that Landstar BCO saved $74 million in fuel discounts last year? Mm. Did you see that post? <clears throat> All right. Landstar, so Landstar discounts last year, data discounts, $74 million. All right. So the, uh, this is just off of the first page of Google. As of August 23, the average spot rate for a drive-in was two of seven. And or two fifty six per mile as a contract rate that came from Uber Freight. Um, here's another one: average uh, freight rates in the USA for twenty twenty three hover around a dollar eighty to two fifty. Um, no matter how you measure it, we win by a lot. So, and you're going you're going, and, you're going to attract all the damn haters now. Hush. You know, good. I bring them on. Listen, I'm I'm a little bit sleep deprived. Uh, I, you know, I may have to meet myself for a coffin fit, but uh, I, I'm ready for battle. Y'all come on, come on, Cletus. I'm, I'm I'm having my Jefferson Ocean tonight. I'm prepared for battle. Okay, so I probably should have made myself a hot toddy before we started this. Well, you want to go do, do one real quick? I'll well, sing no, and dance for a while. The only person in the house is a <clears> nine year old. He's not much help at pouring liquor, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a ways to go. All the rest of my family are out doing teenager stuff. Um, well, let's uh, let's look through some comments. I, we, listen, we're, there's something happened to TikTok. We don't get any haters anymore. I know. Where'd they all go? Do we piss them all off, or they just quit want to do battle, or what the deal I, is? I, I mean, I don't. It is had it any is. haters in a while, you know. Um, 
Well, you know, I probably haven't been peddling TikTok shop products, so the algorithm is denying. Um, well, I wonder if it, if you, we haven't made any of these shorts lately either. I mean, you've been doing them live, you know, the they're yeah. not live, but the you know the little repair things. We haven't taken our podcast and divided it up and turned it into shorts. Maybe we should do that again for a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I'll uh, if you can get me an extra couple hours in the day and one day, yeah, I'll order that. I'll get that order. Go ahead okay. and order that. Yeah, here's I'm, one. I'm, listen, I've got the best fleet manager in the world, and 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 documents and and trophies to prove it. I don't think that'd be a problem. I just order it up, okay? So yeah, um, looking at some familiar names here: Dave Thomas, of course, Rocky, uh, Lance. Good to hear from you, Lance. Leon. Uh, somebody was on here we haven't seen in a while. Who was that? Um, there's Willie, William, Rod Langworthy. Been a while. Yeah, right. Hey, come back. Don't be gone so long, okay? What do I need a jar for? Uh, so you can puke in it and spit in it and whatever you're doing. Um, Happy New Year to you. 300 gang gang. 81. I spoke with a vape. Brought up a good point. Many of these talks. Basically, um, is, yeah, well, that's probably true, Phil. Uh, yeah, Phil and Rocky brought up good points here. So as I spoke with a fellow BCO today, he brought up a good point. Many of the used trucks entering <laughs> the market this year have been deprived of basic maintenance, which Rocky okay. follows up with. Phil, many of the trucks I have been seeing should be out of service. Major yeah. safety yeah. issues and lacking regular maintenance. And since I've been hanging around at the shop for the last I don't know, six months and I see the stuff that comes in. Um, now what's funny is they all want a discount, right? They all need the bill to be as cheap as possible. Right? So Chris will send a, a road, a truck out on a road call and the guy's got some kind of problem. Well, Hey, Hey man, I, I listen, I need a discount. Uh, I, you know, I, I I'm, I'm a, I'm a trucker. I, I got, I got to have discount, you know, and, and to which I wish he would say, we don't haul cheap freight. You took the words out of my mouth. You know, the, among mechanics, they tell each other, Hey, don't do that cheap labor. Yep. Tell them to take that cheap labor and leave it sitting on the side of the road. We ain't hauling that shit. Yep. It's, you know, it's funny how every time I see a trucker on Facebook wanting to find a deal, it's always, where can I get it for the best price? Where can I get it? Where I don't want to break the bank. Who I want, I want insurance, but I want cheap. I want this one. I want what turbo can I get, but I want cheap until, <laughs> until they want to haul freight. And then it's like, Oh, hell no, no, the government's got to fix this. I can't do, you know? So anyway. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what Rocky sees because I mean, Oh yeah. Rocky, Cause that would be, that would be the last thing they want. They won't do that until the tires are wearing out every time they got to put tire on every right. week. Then they go down there and go, Rocky, how come I'm wearing these tires out? And yeah. he walks them around the truck and tells them all that needs to be done. They go, Oh shit. You know? Um, yeah, you can't do that. I'll buy a tire for that. You're taking your truck to a specific expert. You know, it's emphasis on expert there, by the way. Okay, so here's a here's a <clears throat> suspension and alignment expert that you're going yeah. to. You're not going to the TA to ask them a question, oh, God, which, no. which they sure as hell don't know, right? Yeah. You're going to a straight up world class top five, probably in the country. Um. Uh, suspension and alignment specialist and he's looking at your piece of shit truck going okay well let me if you want me to align it so that your tires don't wear out 
we're going to have to do this. And we're going to have to do kingpins and U-joints and uh, I'm not U-joints, kingpins and, well, probably Bushings. Spring Bushings. Bushings. Uh, <laughs> tie rod ends. Here's all the stuff that's wrong with your truck that you're completely mm -hmm. ignoring that we're going to have to fix. Right. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be $2,000, $2,500, $3,000, just to get this truck basically to factory spec. So to be that, able to align it. To be able to align it. Oh, but I can I'm take sure, the TA and they'll align it for two or 300 bucks. I'm out the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure they will. With the same problems you came in with. So you know, what's Jim, amazing to me is here lately, the TA, the local TA has been calling Cam's service center and having to send his guys down to the TA parking lot. Because they ain't got nobody. <laughs> Well, if they do. They can't. They're not allowed to do anything. Can't or, use a test light. Right. They don't. They don't have any. They don't have any uh, uh, rear end lube. <clears throat> or they'll say, uh, uh, "Well, you know, it's going to be a four or five hour wait on a chassis lube." You know. Right. And that's that's the one thing that we admire about Chris um, and Cam Service Center is number one: when you show up on the lot, we're going to recognize that you're there. Hey. How you doing? What can I do for you? Well, I, I need this. Okay. Well, let's check it out. Right. And let's, let's determine in the next few minutes what we need. You might just need a fuel filter. Well, hell, we can put a fuel filter on in 10 minutes. Not a, not a problem. Get you on your way. Or like the one that's in there right now. Oh, you need injector cups. Well, that's a big deal. That's going to take a while, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, and, and what, and I think, what makes Chris Dolan so valuable is he's been on both sides. He's owned a fleet of trucks. Now, of course, he had the good sense to sell them all and get into the the, the business of fixing them, you know, so he's probably a whole lot smarter than we are. Um, but he's been on both sides of it. He's had to call somebody for a road call and then send out some knuckle-dragging mouth breather that don't know a hubcap from a, you know, fifth wheel. Um so he's been on both sides of that. So he can empathize with the trucker's position uh, and then also deliver a quality product when he gets there. So we, we'll get around to that a little bit later. We'll talk about that a little bit. But, but hey, before we go any farther, why don't you talk about our sponsor since they all, they do pay us to do this. <clears throat> oh, this. <clears throat> Maybe I should talk about the sponsor. What do you think? So while Chris is choking to death over there, let me remind you that we are sponsored by Pittsburgh Power up in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh Power is a full-service uh, full performance diesel shop, um, as well as a uh, manufacturer and distributor of various other products that we use. Uh, I've been doing business with Bruce, who's the owner of Pittsburgh Power, since 2009, uh, long before this uh, podcast was even thought of, and certainly long before I was part of it. And... Um, you know, I uh, I uh, found uh, a a resource there with with Bruce and Bruce and the guys up there, uh, very knowledgeable, very excellent diagnosticians, um, can fix a lot of problems that other people can't even find. They've got electrical engineers on staff. I mean, it's a very 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 professional shop, um, uh, specializing Cummins and in, in Detroit cats, um, and. Um, you know, they also bought OPS, the product that we use, and it's how I met them, really, back in the day. 
the oil purification system, our bypass oil uh, um, system. And, uh, and also they are the exclusive distributor of the max mileage fuel borne catalyst, which we recommend to any truck that has emissions. And um, so uh, besides a full complement of, of, of performance parts and, and, uh, and of course a full service shop. So if you need uh, parts, uh, you need uh, any type of accessories. Uh, they, they have an online presence. Obviously, if you call them, let them know that you heard about them from the Blue Ribbon Podcast. We'd like to keep them as a sponsor. And the way we do that is getting them business. So uh, please let them know that you appreciate them sponsoring us and giving them business that you can. You guys that aren't running the fuel borne catalyst, if you got emissions, especially you guys that are running these, you know, uh, DPFs, um, you know, the, um, you know, soot is your enemy. And with the, uh, with the catalyst, it eliminates the soot problem. And you can get set up on a subscription basis where they'll send you a gallon every couple of months as you need it. And, um, and that will help you a lot. We have two emissions trucks now or um, with, you know, with, with one boxes. And we, of course, use the catalyst and everything that we have this emissions from EGR on up. And we just don't have the problem with uh, with emissions. We don't have the regen problems. We don't have the sensor problems. We just don't have any problems with them. And so we have to attribute that to the fact that uh, they've been cleaned, and then they have been uh, uh, they've been had the the catalyst in them uh, every fuel up since we've had them here. So can't speak highly enough of it. <clears throat> and we do appreciate their um, their um, supporting us. Uh, it's a couple months down the road, but the truck show in Louisville, the big truck show, Mid American, a million and a half square feet of displays and exhibits under roof, is March 21, 2021, 20, somewhere in that, that weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we will be there. We'll be in the, uh, in the uh, Pittsburgh Power booth uh, on one day, and we'll be in the Landstar booth the other day, one Friday and one Saturday. Uh, we'll be there Thursday, but we're going to be attending the truck show and trying to get some things done that we need to do. So um, look forward to meeting you guys if you want to come up and, and, and hang and, 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 you know, meet Bruce and the guys up there. If you got problems, we can certainly help you try to solve them. So anyway, um, back to some comments. A um, couple of things. Jim Callahan says that Amazon sells two hours of free time, two hours extra time every day. So Okay. Uh, the duck 30, where are you in Kentucky, brother? Haven't heard, haven't, I don't think I've seen you before, but, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in Lake, well, I'm in Nicholasville, but everybody doesn't know where that is. So I say Lexington, but, uh, let me know where you're at, where you're shouting out from. So uh, you have got being to see here. this picture that Rocky just texted me. Okay. How am I going to see it? <clears throat> it will be on the screen momentarily. Okay. Um, it's. Uh oh, yeah. Hey, dude wanted that welded. Hey man, <laughs> can't you just weld it? Unfortunately, <laughs> y'all can't see. This. And again, these are guys that are driving down the road and 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 heavy ass trucks around people, and that's what that's how they want to fix their vehicle. That's that's why there is an FMCSA, by the way. Okay, much as you all hate them, as much as you all don't like them, this is why they exist. Okay, because we're not very good at self-policing. Witnessed by the ELD mandate that we brought on to ourselves. But, well, I I have no words, okay? I have no words for that. Oh, Rocky says they're going to have a steer axle in the MD booth uh, this year to demonstrate problems. Good. 
Yeah, the MD booth is right across from Pit. From, all of our suppliers, all of the guys we work with, they're all in the same little neighborhood at the truck show. Pittsburgh Power's kind of in the middle, and then around them is Fleet Air Filter, MD Alignment, Fast, uh, I don't know, various other you know things, pe- people that that we've always done business with, or I have anyway since '09. So it's like a little neighborhood right there. You get into one of them, and you see all of them. So OPS used to be there. Now they're just built into to uh, Pittsburgh Power's booth, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's, it's, listen, if you've not been to that truck show and, and you're in trucking, you need to go, you, you need to make the time to go, uh, you owe it to yourself because there's a lot to learn. There's all kinds of classes that go on free all day long. The truck show's free if you don't wait and pay at the door. Um, uh, and, uh, and then everything that has to do with trucking from brand new trucks to keychains and everything in between are there. And you can just spend uh, days and hours and, and miles walking and looking and, at new stuff. And I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, there's just a lot you can learn there if you'll take the time to go up there and uh, and spend a little, a little time. It's, it's tremendous. I guess I've gone every year, but I think my first year I didn't. I don't think I knew about it, but I think I started going in 09. And I haven't missed the, well, the, the, Clusterfuck. Right. What do you call it? Enduring uh, operation enduring clusterfuck. We didn't go there. Yeah. They didn't have it that year. But anyway, so um all right. Well, let's go on and look at some more. Um <laughs> so, my attendance is spotty now since I started back driving. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. No problem, son. Uh hello from Moorhead again. Hey, Moorhead. <clears throat> Jared said, at least that guy with the broken spring had an OPS. I saw his filter. <laughs> Inside of his engine's clean. His steer axle is about to leave the chat, but hey, man, he's got clean. Yeah, oil. yeah, yeah. Here's Rod. Rod's always got good information. He's always very honest. He's down 300, no, 30,000 for the year. Was it 307 loaded gross rate? Well, that's not bad. <clears throat> built. Remember Spilly built? Yeah, oh, yeah. He has. He has got himself a job at Walmart. Does he now? Well, good for what, you. What are you going to do with those trucks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought he had three. Yeah, three or four I trucks. Think so. You switch to winterize maximizing truck. Kevin, we we haven't, but you, but it's 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 fine. We we first of all, we don't we have a choice to, where read, to drive. Read, so read the comments, so everybody knows what you're talking. Okay, about. Okay, I'm sorry, Kevin P. Do you switch to the winterize maximizer this time of year? We don't uh, because we typically don't get to where we need it, okay? I mean, I, again, I got the best fleet manager in the world, and when it snows and gets cold up there, we just go somewhere else, okay? Now, sometimes you catch us on a, you know, unprepared, which, by the way, are you? do you know there's a snowstorm coming this weekend, right, up in New England? <clears throat> I, I noticed Barb's heading that way, right? Uh, but um, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea. It's just, just most of the time we don't we don't need it. But certainly it's not a big big. Another thing is we have a, a supply, and I'd have to buy another supply to get that. And I just have that. If I were you guys and not not stocking it like we do, yeah, I would switch to it. And yeah. I'm sure I'm going to take flack from this from Pittsburgh Power when they see me again. And next time you call, we're probably going to have it. So thanks for bringing it up. You um, know the 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 thing <clears> about. <throat> I mean, I ran New York and Pennsylvania for four years, right? Um, when it's that cold, you're not shutting the truck off, right? Um, and when you're running in that area, you're running blended fuel. <clears throat> now, I have a friend that he, he found out the hard way because he filled up in <clears throat> South Texas 
and went north to his home in Denver with a bunch of untreated fuel. And he was three days getting the damn truck started after he had had his time off. And y'all have seen the contraption. He had blankets and tarps laid over the truck and heaters underneath and fans and trying to blow heat under that truck because every time he would get it to start, it right. would gel up again. Right. 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 So the Lucas is there for you for those extreme situations. But, you know, when it's 10 degrees outside, I ain't shutting a truck off, you know, so the engine's going to keep the fuel warm and you're not going to have gelling uh, issues. But, uh, you know, Spilly built, sold, built, sold his trucks. And, I see uh, we got, we got two Walmart drivers here. Leon Trimble hired on Walmart. Well, um, I can tell you from experience that um, sometimes you got to back up and punt, you know? Well, I don't, um, I don't think, listen, working for somebody that pays you a hundred grand a year salary or whatever they do, yeah. that that's not backing up too far. Okay. I mean, I think that's a smart move. Honestly, if you can send the regimentation, which a lot of drivers can't. That's why they don't like Walmart. They don't like to wear a uniform. Don't like to be told what to do. And don't like to shave and shower and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But if you don't mind doing that stuff, it can't be a bad gig. I mean, I did a little bit of a contract when I was at Transport America, and I didn't. I, I had a problem with it. But anyway, hey, let me let me let me shout out to Diane McNair Smith. That's the three girls trucking that we is talked it? about today. Is she on? Is she? Is she on the? She's in the house as, as of a few minutes ago. TikTok or, or YouTube? Uh, on YouTube. She says, I'm loving this. So, well, uh, Diane, listen, we found out about you today and everything I've read about you and heard about you. We have been looking for you, my dear. We have been looking for you. I forgot. Uh, we, will, you. We, will, we will be in touch. So, uh, she sent me a message. She would be interested in coming on. So, we'd uh, love to have you. We'd love Apparently, to have you. as we understand it, she has a, a truck driving school. And in Mississippi. In Mississippi. Yeah. And they train on automatic. I'm sorry. They train on manuals. They don't and have an automatic. We were told that she said, you ain't going to find no automatics around here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the heavens I, have opened. If, if this all works out, we haven't had any formal conversations. Right. But it sounds like we finally found the place. Finally. Finally. Where you can get your CDL and not be stuck with the indentured servitude and slavery of a damn automatic transmission restriction. So, Diane, I have a question for you. What about helping somebody that has an auto restriction get it off? Oh, yeah. Could they come to your school or whatever? Can they test or whatever they need to do and get that crazy shit off their license? Even now, they don't, they're not going to be in Mississippi. They're going to live in Colorado and different places. Yeah. But uh, yeah. can you look into helping? That would be awesome. And, uh, and we will be in touch. We, we heard about you this afternoon. I mean, this afternoon, yeah. uh, we had a, one of your graduates uh, call us and, and express interest in being in the program. Very impressed. Very impressed. And uh, we told this applicant that we were going to reach out to you. And, um, and so anyway, thank you, for, thank you for reaching out to us. We appreciate it. Um, all right. What else we got going on? Um, uh, well, so Leon and, and Spilly are having some conversations here in the comment section. Can we, can that. we, can we butt in or we don't leave them alone? Well, no, I'm, it's a good one, but I'm going to read part of it. Um, Spilly says they can Walmart, they can pay me what I can make in my own truck without the risk. I love it. That is a profound statement. <laughs> you'll find no greater um, proponents of truck ownership and starting a business 
right. uh, us. But when you, it makes sense, you must measure the risk. Yeah. If you do not measure the risk, you are going to be up a creek with a very short paddle. You no, know, he knows that. <laughs> he knows that. Uh, well, awesome. I'm, I'm, uh, well, you know, I've said that, you know, I'm, I, I think people were just thinking I was kidding or being facetious, but dude, if I were in a situation that I hear, I see all these people, you know, the, the shape they're in and, and, and you can go get a job at Walmart and make a hundred grand, 130 the second year, you gotta be nuts not to do it. As long as you can tolerate the regimentation, you know, that's, that's the only thing you got, you know, you can't be a, a maverick or a dick. I mean, you got to, you know, you got to be a, a hireable, desirable employee. But I mean, look, for that kind of money, uh, I, I'd shave, a, I'd shave my beard and take a shower if I weren't doing it before. Um, <laughs> understand what we're here for, okay? <laughs> I'm about to come, I'm coming. I want to have freedom. Well, I, let me tell you something. 130 grand gives you a whole lot more freedom than 50 does, okay? With all the risk of owning the truck. So, uh, look, we want, well, listen, we're here to teach people how to be owner operators, successful business people. But if it's not right for you, it's not right for you, you know? And if the time's not right, it's not right for you. And if the, if the business is not re- for, right for you, it's not the right time. If you can go there and make 130 grand, and here's the thing, making that kind of money when you're used to making what you used to make, if you're not saving every penny that you weren't making before, then we have to have another conversation. Because you want to do that and save a bunch of money for the next couple of years so that when we get ready to do this again, we're not in the situation we were before where we're undercapitalized and no money. So if you're making 50 or 60 before and you're now going to Walmart making 100, 110, 130, you better be saving 40, 50 grand a year or you got to explain to me why not. And I'm not going to take a lot of excuses for that. That's ridiculous. That's money that you didn't have. It's found money. And you should be saving it. So end of, end of the conversation. So, so DL's got a good question here. What's wrong with a 2015 Cascadia? So that's one question that we'll answer. How far would you go to buy and pick up one with 750,000 miles on it? <clears throat> that's two questions. What would you pay for it? That's three. How much would it cost to have a transport company deliver it to you a thousand miles away? All right. So let's break that down. Okay. Question number one, what's wrong with a 2015 Cascadia? It's right on the edge of when they started getting the design of the emission system from the OEM more manageable. We would want you to get into a 16 or newer. 15's right on the edge. I've heard I've heard Kevin say the 15s are okay. All right. It it's a coin toss. You know, it's like an 04. Okay. Right. You know, it, it it you know. We have an 04. And right. it is it's we've had this 04 in the system since 2018. Yes, since 2018. So we've had this truck in our system for five years. It's made a ton of money, but right. it has been a giant pain in the ass. It's a dog. It's a dog. Right? Um, <laughs> still made 03, money. 03 would have been a whole It still made good money. We wouldn't have had all the headaches and the expenses. Yeah. But 03 and 05 are a less aggravation than this 04 is. Still and I'm money. assuming this 15 is an automatic, which is even make it even more risky because again, 2016, we get to a different conversation. So let's assume, let's stipulate that this is a manual and not an automatic. Cause if it's an automatic, it's absolutely no doubt. Right. Okay. How far would you go to buy and pick up one with 750,000 miles on? 
the mileage is not going to matter when you're dealing with a 2015 or 2016 truck. Number one, um, 750,000 miles would be incredibly low for a 15. So I want to make sure I want to do an ECM report and I want to make sure that the cluster is not been changed because if you change the cluster on a lot of these freight liners, they don't link up with the ECM, that great truck that we bought last year, the guy advertised it with having 890,000 miles. Well, I got in it and I pressed the button three times to get the ECM mileage. Turns out it's got 1.7 million, right? Right, right, right. The seller wasn't trying to get away with me. He just didn't know. He just didn't know. Yeah, he just, he didn't just know. saw what the odometer said, and and he went with that. And then I went, no, actually, it's one point seven. Anyway, um, what what has I has he told us what the price is? Not yet. Uh, okay. The next question is, what would you pay for it? Um, a fifteen or sixteen Cascadia that's between seven hundred fifty thousand and a million miles. I'm going to be. I want that truck for less than fifteen thousand. Eighteen. Oh, yeah. 18 at the, at the most. Right. Um, now what we have found we're in West, I'm in West Virginia. He's in Kentucky. I'm not going to go much further than about 200 miles looking for a truck. Uh, now we have a toter so I can go up and get it and drag it back here for a reasonable price. Well, we can't do it for him. We do it for us. Right. For us. So, (laughs) Our, our, our cost for going and getting one is a lot easier than the alternative because the alternative. It's going to cost him 175 bucks an hour, both ways to get that truck delivered. Right. If you send a wrecker after it, or you're going to have to try to get one way trip permits and you're going to have to try to get insurance on it and be able to drive it. It's going to be cost prohibitive to go get a truck. That's a thousand miles away. And I promise you, no matter where you're at, there's the same truck with the oh, same yeah. mileage and the same potential. hundred miles away. A hundred miles away, not a thousand miles away. Yeah. Uh, if you're not in a hurry, sit on it a little while because we're not at the bottom yet for this for this equipment. So um I it it would be a no go for me. I mean, there's first of all, there's too many other trucks that would be less risky and closer. And, uh, and, and I'd re- I'd much rather go up one more year, 2016. If it's an automatic, absolutely go up one more year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's, it's not to me, the, it, the, that's not a good enough deal for me to, first of all, thousand miles is a deal killer. You, I mean, you can't even go look at it for a thousand miles. I mean, it, it's right. just too, it's too expensive to even price it, shop it. I mean, um, I, you know, now I would say no, I'd say no, you know, people fall in love with trucks. Dude, there's a it's there's a jillion of them, okay? Oh, yeah. And they make a jillion more of them every day. Just don't fall in love with a truck, you know. It's. I mean, I I stumbled upon one. I I went to buy some wheels the other day, and I found a truck in the parking lot, um, that has really good bones, uh, and we can probably pick it up for ten or eleven thousand. Um, it's an O. Seven. Yeah. It's an 06 or 07. Um, I just, I can't, the difference between a Columbia and a Cascadia is still, that bridge is still a little too far because mathematically, using our friend, the BSE 9000, a $40,000 investment in business. Okay. Take trucking out of it for a minute. Okay. A $40,000 investment into a business 
needs to have a specific amount of return. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're going to put a dollar into a business, it should at least bring you, what, 20, 25% at the minimum of a profit on top of you living, right? Not just buying yourself a job. This, right. this money that you're investing should bring you, just like if you were putting it in the market, you would expect a return on that money. So when we look at the potential of what a truck should be able to net in a year if operated properly over five years, $40,000 is a good number just based on the math, nothing else. So that's where we like to be, $40,000 or less to have a roadworthy, reliable, DOT legal truck ready to haul freight. And the acquisition cost of the 16, 17, 18 Cascadias are just a little too high. Just yet. a little bit. Just a little bit. They're getting close. They're getting close. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen, um, well, I've seen a guy buy, an, uh, is it an 18? No, a 16 with a bad clutch for like 17 grand. Now, he had to pay $6,500 for a clutch <laughs> with a DT-12 automatic, Yeah, right? Yeah. I can put a clutch in a, in a damn Columbia with a 14 liter for what, $2,500, $3,000 at the most? Right. You know, you just got to remember that these Cascadias are just more expensive to operate. The yes. double, if you got an automatic, double to put a clutch in it. Cause you've got to change the clutch and you've got to change the counter revolving radius rod and all this other bullshit that, you know, that's, it's not just a clutch. There's all kinds of stuff that goes with it. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, maybe another <clears throat> that story will be different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Hillsman, are we still doing the QuickBook lessons? What we no, we didn't. Here's the two problems. I'm trying to figure out how to do it on the podcast and, and with it not with it not being boring to 99% of the people. So here's what we're deciding to do. We're getting ready to train our phase four people in QuickBooks. So I'm going to have Chris record that and we'll set it up as a separate standalone episode. And that way we'll have it on there. Now he could, you know, watch it over again. We could, you know, we could correct it if we need to, or we can add some graphics to it post-production and make yeah. it a little more, a little easier for y'all got you guys to do. So, Anyway, we'll, we're going to do that uh, in the next month or so. So, you know, uh, listen, entrepreneurs have 10 new ideas every day. All right. Nine of them suck. Okay. Nine and a half of them suck. We, we had an idea to, to incorporate QuickBooks lessons into the podcast and it's horribly unpractical. Yeah. Um, and boring but, to a lot of people that aren't interested in it. So, yeah. Um, so we kind of need to have that be a separate deal. Um, yeah. But now you can go back a few episodes and he goes through the chart of accounts, which is very important. It's if you, the most boring thing about it, but it's the basic thing that you have to get up to get started. Right. Everybody has to have the chart of accounts to even get started. And so it's you boring take, as hell. And so yeah, you could take the chart of accounts and import that in and probably use YouTube videos to get going from there, you know, uh, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, QuickBooks tutorials of just the data entry. It's the setup. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. Some people could. A lot of people need going are going to need the you know the the, the one on one. But well, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna do it for our people. So we we'll might as well go ahead and make an episode out of it, 
and uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll go from there, and we'll be willing to take some criticism and compliments and questions and stuff like that too. So, <laughs> no, um, Richie, you cannot weld the clutch to get by. <laughs> Uh, Oswald Martinez from Facebook asks, what do you think about a 99 to 2000 Volvo with a super 10 and an N 14? I found a few for 10 to 15,000. Um, we I have, personally am not a super 10 fan, but I know Chris doesn't mind it. So, well, we <laughs> have, we have a 2000 Volvo, um, in our fleet. It's been parked for a while because it needs a motor. Uh, it's a Detroit and 47. I'm not even sure what the real, I think it's got three forty twos. The thing you have to watch with the Super 10, back in the late 90s, nobody gave a rip about fuel mileage. They just didn't right. care. Right. So you got to watch and make sure this thing don't have 390s in it because it will pull a house down, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, torque is right. not an issue. Right. Um, but fuel mileage will be a challenge. Now, being that it's a Volvo, you know, it's aerodynamically superior. It's probably still going to get pretty decent fuel mileage. And it turns on a dime. <laughs> Yeah. Now we've never had an N14. I have driven some N14s. Right. Um, what I've always heard is that if you keep the injectors clean on an N14, they're bulletproof, which means you probably need to run a fast system. The other downside that I have found with Volvos is their parts network. They act like Volvo parts are plated in gold. Oh, God. Yes, they do. It is dollar for dollar. Well, I'll, I'll give you one. Carl ended up repairing an ABS harness on ours because we had an ABS light that would not go away. Everything we tried. So Carl dug into it with his voltmeter one night and he finally found a broken wire inside a connector. So I called the Volvo dealer right here local and I said, how much is this harness? Y'all, this harness was 18 inches long. $1,400 for an 18-inch harness. I'm like, well, that's a no. And Carl's like, hell, I can fix it. So just Carl just fixed it. You know, um, it's stuff like that. You know, the, the damn door panels and, and of course the dash falls apart. They're just, you know, they get unbelievable fuel miles. Now they're heavy as hell because it's an all steel, um, uh, it's an all steel cab. Um, they're bad about rusting in some spots, you know, but if you can get it for 10 grand and, and, and haul freight with it, it's probably not, not a terrible investment. I, I just, I come back to practicality. These C-120s, Century Columbia, are unbelievably cheap to operate. Mm -hmm. The parts are cheap. There are plenty available. They still made them up to 20 or 20, 2020 or 2021 as and, gliders. And gliders, yeah. yeah. So all of the body parts and dash panels and all that kind of stuff, they were still making up to a couple of years ago. You know, so you, the, 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 they, there was a body change, I think, in 02 on the Volvo. Um, and you, it, it's not interchangeable like it was, um, some of it you can main, you know, you can engineer it to get to work. Just give you an example. <clears throat> the inside door trim panel for those trucks is $800 mm -hmm. for each side. Okay. Piece now we plastic. found out that Piece I can plastic. get, the, I can get the newer, like the O2 to 18 door panel used from Vanderhags and it'll fit with a little right. bit of, uh, engineering. Um, but, uh, you know, just there, there's these, there's these basic parameters that we have discovered over the years. I mean, we know the C120 like the back of our hand and we're learning 
Cascadia, like learning a stupid split pin bushing on the DT 12, you know, the, the things that we stumble upon as we go through, um, the big thing with the DD 15, it's a great engine. It's a fantastic engine, but they got plastic pickup tubes in the oil pan. And so, um, that, that deteriorates over time. So if you're looking at a Cascadia that has more than 750,000 miles on it, it's kind of like, uh, remember the, the, the late nineties, uh, Honda Accords, they made 6 million of them. They had the four cylinder. They were amazing on fuel. They would, they would run forever. But if the timing belt broke, oh, yeah. it would jump the head because it was in there. Yeah. Motor. And, and I bought, we bought one used for my wife, uh, gosh, 2004. Right. Um, it had 200 and some thousand miles on it. And right. I gave the guy the money for it and drove it straight to the shop. And I said, put a timing belt in. Right. I, I had my eyes closed driving the 12 miles from where I picked it up to the shop going, please don't break. Please don't break. Please right. don't break. Yeah. That's I one that you did a time, time build every, every other oil change. Right. Could cheaper feel, do it that way. I feel, I feel the same way about the Cascadia. It's like, it's got 750,000. Okay. Let's go straight to the shop, drop the oil pan, pick up tubes, manifold, right. oil pump, roll bearings in it. Now I'm good for another 700 or so. And if it's got an automatic, put that split pin in there. Yeah. If you have a DT 12 out and it hits the ground for any reason, pull the TCM off of it. Check that pin. If that pin doesn't move freely, go to the dealer. It's like $150 part. It comes with a bushing and a new pin slide in. It's a 45 minute job. Once the transmission's on the ground, but if you pay $6,500 to put a clutch in it and three days later, find out that the spit split pin is stuck and it will only shift in the odd gears. Okay. Well now the transmission has got to come completely out of the truck again to do a 40 minute job to put this little part. It's that, that big, you know, it's right, a really right. stupid design. Yeah. Hey, there's a comment here that we've, we've, we've skipped over. It's, it's way back and it's worth talking about Josh's trucking adventures. Okay. Now there's some lingo in here that we might have to interpret. I think I know what, what, what he means, but what a stackless and garbage can free FLD. Now I'm thinking that means the exhaust is behind the cabin. It doesn't have the big no. air filters. That's my interpretation with the 12, seven be good. There's one by my house. It's clean for 20. Um, yes, yes. The FLD is semi, um, aerodynamic. It still has a little flat nose. It wouldn't be as aerodynamic as a Columbia or a century, but it's not as bad as a classic for sure. Right. So, uh, and with that stuff off of it, uh, it certainly helps it a lot. Um, but yeah, the 20, uh, the only problem with FLDs is parts are really getting, I've got a good friend that's got one and she lives out in, in, in Wyoming or hell, South Dakota. So anyway, she literally bought another truck cause she couldn't find parts for her truck. Right. So now she has two trucks and one of them is a parts supplier for the other one. And she spent, I know she spent $60,000 last year. Okay. Fixing her truck with parts from the truck she bought labor included. So from that standpoint, to me, it's a deal killer, okay? Because yep. it's too expensive and parts are too hard to find. When you can get a Columbia and solve all those problems and probably get about a mile per gallon better in fuel mileage. Take it for the life of the truck. I just said about the Volvo and apply right. it to the FLD. Exactly. Uh, the FLD is a great truck. It was an amazing platform. I drove a bunch of them. <clears throat> My very first truck was an FLD. Um and especially the later ones up around, well, I think they quit making them in 2002. Um, their aerodynamics were great. 
you know, uh, as long as they weren't the classic model with the squared right. off and the cans and all that stuff. Right. Um, but it's, you know, I've a friend of mine's got a Clive, an 84 inch classic. He's had to resort to engineering and manufacturing his own parts for like door panels and stuff inside the dash. You know, um, look, I know a bunch of y'all are not engineers like that. You're not going to be able to manufacture your own parts for these trucks. Um, I, I love the FLDs. I love a Mac Superliner too, right? You know, or a Marmon. You know, remember Marmons? I mean, Marmons were handmade trucks. If no, you see I don't a Marmon, Marmons, um, it looks like a Western Star kind of. Okay, but Marmons were hand built. They were, and if you see one now, um, you know it, they had. There was kind of a kind of like a Johnny Cash truck. There was a little bit of international, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Can I raise oh. my hand for a second? Go ahead. Do you care if I step out for just about 25 seconds? Go ahead. I'll be right back. Y'all okay. stay put. If he talks about me, y'all let me know when I get back. All right. All right. Go make me a hot toddy. Um, but anyway, the Marmons were, I made them up to the, I don't know, mid to late nineties. Fantastic trucks. Mac Superline. Great trucks. Any Mac, any old Mac. But it comes down to practicality. When it quits and it's sitting on the side of the road, what you going to do? Where are you going to get a part? That's where the FLD loses out in practicality. When you have a new business, you um, have to be able to recover because the first five years, you have to work incredibly hard, okay? Um, if you find yourself in a position where you have to wait a day or two to get parts, it can be devastating to your business. Now, I went and picked up some used super single wheels off of a guy, okay? In his driveway sits a 19, original 1970 model Kenworth. Beautiful truck, show truck. Listen, that dude owns a shop and a trucking company, and he's got all the money in the world to play around with exactly the truck that he wants to have, okay? When you have a new business, you can't do that. You have to find the tool that will help you build your business. So you need a cheap tool. You need a reliable tool. You need an efficient tool. And that's what the Century Columbia provides. It's a good, reliable, cheap, efficient tool for you to use to build your business. And then if you want to go drive a damn 379. Um, All right. Thank you. You know, go ahead to your heart's desire. He's back. Now I got to cough. Start talking. What did I miss? I was just talking about trucks. So, uh, so here's another um, comment. Joey Sarmiento. Everybody talks shit about my 2007 century. Well, let me tell you how I deal with that conversation, okay? Because the reason you have a 2007 century is because money means something to you. Expenses mean something to you. So talk shit all you want about my truck, but let's compare bank statements. Let's compare numbers that this truck is generating. Assuming they have any of those numbers, they probably don't. The guys who talk shit about you. So that's when you just have to go fuck you and walk away, you know? So I wouldn't worry about it. You're in, you're in a safe zone here with your 2007 century. We won't talk shit about you. When you, so, when you start paying my bills, you can start talking trash. There about you me. go. I never had anybody take me up on that. So I'll tell you what, Hoss, 
you get your bank statement, I'll get mine. We'll figure out which one of us has the rice truck, okay? And I never heard more about it again. So, uh, all right. Have I missed anything? Uh, Dwayne Hillsman. I just got hired at a trucking company out of CDL school. The company is paying 27% of the load. Every other company I applied to paid. Cost per mile. Cost per uh, mile. Cents per mile. Cents per mile. Uh, I, we okay, prefer I'm what curious, you're doing. He says, I'm curious which way you prefer pros and cons. I prefer percentage. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've always preferred percentage because I want a piece of the action. Right. And you never have to ask for a raise. Right. Um, if, if I'm in a situation where I can be beneficial to that company delivering service to their customer, um, and their customer gives us a better rate because of me, then I get a piece of that action. So, right. um, and, and I, I wish that there's some kind of ruling this, this, you know, the, the Neanderthals have gone running off to the government to fix a problem that didn't exist, but something about team drivers. And I think it had something to do with crash and roll stunt team, um, <laughs> as usual, um, uh, you know, about drivers being paid and overtime and all this bullshit. Right. I, I don't need that. I've never needed that. I have always gone into a situation, have been able to bring value, more value than the next guy, and bring, uh, you know, a, a value and 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 demand better pay. Um, but just give me a piece of the action. That's what I would rather have, um, because I wish everybody was on percentage. I wish we, if we're going to do away, every, we need to do away with mileage pay and put everybody on hourly. No, the hell we do. Put them all on percentage, right? They need to feel it when the market goes up, and they need to feel it when the market goes down, you know? Like he said, we're a million dollars down from 2022 to 2023, a million dollars in gross revenue. That turns into $700,000. That hurts, hurts me to hear that. Yeah, that turns into about 700000 in real money, right? Well, <clears throat> we can't pay. it. The math doesn't math. Um, I can't afford to pay a driver what I paid him in 2022 and lose $700,000 in income. That doesn't work. You don't get to continue to be in business. <clears throat> so I would much rather be on percentage. Um, but of course I possess the superpower of mathematics. Um, <laughs> I, what yeah, I, well, well and, and, and I mean, if, you, if Dwayne, I know you've talked to us about being, if you want to eventually become an owner operator, that's what you make in when you're in business, you're not, you don't make, you know, especially at Landstar, we don't pay by the mile. So it's, it, it's better per, to prepare you for down the road if you still want to do, you know, what we do here. So, and I'm you know, going to argue, right I'm going to argue that a company offering percentage is a better company to work for. Are Absolutely. the kind of people that I want to work for. There you go. Right. They understand the value that a driver, uh, a driver has. They, they don't want just some mouth breather that has a heartbeat and a CDL. Um, assuming they're paying you on a W2, what he said, right. Let's make with that assumption. Right. So, so I, you know, I, what I always hated about being an employee anywhere was I hated the glass ceiling, right? I could go work harder than the next guy, be better than the next guy. And there's still a maximum amount of money, a maximum rate per mile, a maximum rate per hour. There was always a ceiling, but, 
I want the reason that self-employment always attracted me was I wanted to be able to go out and outperform the next guy and be more valuable so that I can increase that bottom line and do away with the ceiling, you know, and go from one truck to two truck to five trucks. Um, and that's why I employment does not suit me well. Um, so, um, is Jared on TikTok our Jared? Or is that no, different I think Jared? that's a different Jared. Hmm. Um, there's a question on there from Phase Shutter that I'm gonna let you handle because you checking know that out. I wouldn't give a, you know that I wouldn't give a shit either way. I'm checking out uh, two trucks, both 2016 Cascadias. One has 455 horse, 1650 foot pound. Another one has 400 horse, 1750. Oh, uh, 740,000 miles, both under 17. I don't care. I mean, yeah. it's 55 horsepower. You know, I, I'm going to be looking at what, what's, what, what, uh, um, what's the, uh, what's the suspension condition of one truck versus the other? Um, you know, what, what's an ECM going to report going to tell me about the number of regions, you know, that how much, how much money, Chris, do you say how much money? <laughs> both of them under 17. It's a good price, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that would be the least of my concern. Th those two specs you're talking about, I would be looking at the other specs. You know, what what's the final drive? What's the rear end ratio? What's you know, one of them got tall tires, and then we got that got a uh, low problem. There's lots of things I would look at before I worry about that. You know, not a big deal. Um. Uh. So Oswald is currently a company driver in a 2000 Volvo. N14 Super 10 getting 6.39. So far, this thing is a tank mechanical wise. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a pretty reliable truck. Like we said, you know, um, on our Volvo, I had a, a fan clutch go bad. Now it was a Detroit engine. Yeah. Okay. But the fan clutch is on the Volvo side. But the fan <laughs> clutch is on the Volvo side. Okay. Yeah. There was one. Yeah. One. In and the they United knew, States. and they knew there was one. And they knew because because it came with a, bar, a, a jar of Vaseline, you know. I think we so, bought it out of Florida, and I had it shipped in. No. Um, I try to block those kinds of things. So. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, listen, it's a great, it's a great. I mean, you know, I, it's a good truck. You know, I mean, there's no question about it. It's just, it, it's just ridiculously expensive when you buy the Volvo stuff on it. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, of course now we don't. I've never ever had an N14 Cummins. Never had any Cummins. But all the people that I know and all the people that I trust and all the people whose opinions that matter tell me that if you're going to have a Cummins, that's the one to have. So, and I know the people at Pittsburgh Power, and I know that they, that would be my resource, 100%. And that's what they're, that's what they're good at is Cummins. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, they're a Cummins, whatever you did, whatever you are. I mean, they're, the factory calls in for help. Let's put it that way. Bruce goes to the factory and helps them fix their problems. So, um, that and I'm my, my, my resource. I, I don't, I don't engage in the Ford versus Chevrolet cat Cummins, Detroit nonsense. Um, cat makes a great motor. Cummins makes a great motor. Detroit makes a great motor. Um, Volvo. However, Packard, however, Packard, however, Packard, Packard does not. Packard can take their motor in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Ford, yeah. And uh, what's that other one? What's the international motor that they came up with? Uh, Max force. Max force. Now, apparently no. um, international has a new motor out. Um, yeah. You know, like they didn't learn the first fucking time, right? Uh, with right. The max force. Um, right. and look, it's not because we have a preference. <laughs> it's because historically we know 
that the risk is different once you leave the freight Freightliner chat and the Detroit chat and you move to the other ones, the risk goes with it. And yeah. so that's that's the only that's, again, Chris, hold up the BSE nine thousand. That's how we make these comments. Okay. It's based on that. It's not based on red and blue, black and white. It's just what makes sense from that little machine right there. And in our opinion, in our history, in our research, and everything we've ever done, that's what makes the most sense. And by the way, we made, we lost a million dollars this year and still made money. Yeah. Okay. So just think about that a little bit. Okay. So uh, smooth operator, you know who that is, don't you, Chris? Yeah. Nevin, come on up, brother. He wants right. to come work in the shop for a week. Hey, you can come work for a long, long time. You you don't get paid, yeah. do you? You're just going to apprentice, right? So yeah, come on. You up. can pay me in now. There you go. It's a deal, buddy. Yeah. It's a deal. It's good to hear from you, Nevin. Hey, well, uh, Nevin, are you coming to the truck show this year? Let me know about that, okay? Yeah. Um, any of you guys who are coming to the truck show, let us know so we can make arrangements to you know to meet up with you or whatever and and you know talk, meet, hang out, have a beer, have a whiskey, whatever. So, left lane gang, what's your take on keeping fuel receipts? I spoke with Kevin Rutherford and asked him about using my settlement from Landstar as my record of fuel receipts. You you should go with the card activity report because it's yeah. the actual cost of fuel. The, the, the fuel, fuel receipts are the fuel receipts are useless because they're before the discount. So you really don't want to use them. Now we keep them to reconcile with the card activity statement, but once that I reconcile to those, I throw the fuel receipts away. And so yeah, you don't that's the only that's the better situation because that's the discounted price. And the IRS is not going to suspect you of using receipts prior to discount, which a lot of truck drivers think that that's an easy way of getting over on the IRS. And they think that the IRS is not as smart as they are, but yeah. that will not work. So the most ruthless and efficient collection agency on the planet. Yeah. And, and now they have, uh, they have guns. They're allowed to have guns now. So what's that got to tell you? Uh, uh, we got to go cash and okay, we can do that. We're, we can do that. We're going to be there one day early this year. So we'll have a little more time to cash and crash and drink and casino. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll have a little more time. Plus our, uh, our company, uh, awards dinner is on Saturday night this year, not Friday night. And that opens up another evening for us as well. So, yeah. Um, uh, so Phil and, and Matthew are talking about the A26 is the new international engine. It's a different platform than the Max Force. It was based off of the old cat engine. Well, that's interesting. Matthew says it's a Scania. It's um, joke on its own day. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Phil, Phil is an eloquent <laughs> speaker and writer. If y'all have y'all 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 saw Phil last week, yeah. Uh, let me tell you, let me just say, so can I just take a personal moment here and just say something? Okay. Good, I got the best, I got the best team that that anybody could have. I mean, I got the best fleet manager, load planner, uh, social media guy right next to me. I've got, I got the best platform, heavy haul, anything to do with, with platform in the world. And then now we've got up and coming little Richie, Who's going to be, you know, we got him when he was 25. Okay. Uh, I saw a thing from Dave Ramsey today. He said, You do not have to retire broke. $100 a month at 25, age 25, at 65 is $1.2 million. Okay. Can you imagine starting out all over again? If you were coming to me, us at 25, starting your career out here, how the, 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 the open ended your, your, your future would look like. So, and I, you know, and so we, I just have to have the best team. And right now we have the best 
program participants we've ever had. The 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 uh, the, the the quality of people we have in the program is unsurpassed. Okay, and it just gets better. Every interview we have, it just seems like it gets better. One we had today was amazing, amazing. Uh, she co- she's going to come here and teach us some things. I'm sure. So I'm just I'm just telling you I am a fortunate person. I, I'm I'm so happy and so thankful uh, that that this is kind of growing its own legs and people are seeing the value here and they want to be a part of it. And uh, I just want to tell my team thank you. I do appreciate you. I do know everything that you guys do to support this, and I honestly appreciate it very much. And I get to express that and show it at the truck show at our annual. Uh, award center my favorite night of the whole year so anyway here's a toast to my team (coughs) well we think you're pretty okay too yeah 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 and you (laughs) just said that because i'm the boss and i'm sitting here yeah uh i love 2019 cascadia dd15 dd12 450 if i get it tuned by pittsburgh power will i get better or worse fuel mileage i use cruise control um it's a it's a question looking for a binary answer. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure that Pittsburgh Power can tune it to. Well, make, there's different tunes. You can tune it for fuel mileage. Yeah, you know, or you can tune it for performance. Or uh, you that can would be up to you for fuel mileage. You right. know, put the right tires on it, drive it correctly. And um, I wouldn't use the cruise control unless you're in Kansas. By the way, if you if you want fuel mileage. Yeah. Uh, well, now that one might have that might that might be the new. What do you yeah, call it? Adaptive. You know the DT12. It you know it kicks itself into neutral and. Yeah, um, that might be. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. I've never driven one. I don't know. But normally we tell people not to drive with cruise control because they can do better. Um, you know they're smarter than a computer. So anyway. Um, Mark the mailman. Cheers. cheers. There's another one, by the way. My God. I mean, if I could get 16 Jareds. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Mark the mailman says, hi, Chris and Larry. I appreciate you guys so much. In 2022, I grossed 362,000. In 2023, I grossed 326,000 power only. 2016 Columbia Glider. Average fuel mileage, 8.5. There you go, buddy. You rocking it. Good job. That's how you do it. Good job. That's how you do it. Good job. Good job. I'm glad we could help you, Mark. All right. So somebody uh, see we we need to have a real reunion at the truck show. All these guys yeah. that have, we've helped over the years, y'all need to come. We need to like sit down and, and have a beer or something and hang out and tell these stories and lie about each other and everything. <laughs> That'd be so much fun, you know. You guys need to we need to organize that. Some of somebody needs to take this bull by the horns there. And let's get like a little uh, a little um, lunatic support group <laughs> at the truck show. <laughs> well, Friday night would probably be a good time to do that. Just you know, or th- at, or Thursday, either one, either one. Yeah, fine. at the casino, you know, because we'll yeah. be we're staying there. I would um, rather do it Thursday. We're going to be busy, you know, once yeah, that sure. shit starts. Let's do it Thursday night at the casino. We're staying at Caesars in Southern Indiana. Okay. By the way, Rocky, you want me to tell you that uh, I do have a block of 25 rooms. So if you want me to, if you want to use one of my rooms, you're welcome to do it. Otherwise, go ahead and call and get yours now. But we are staying at Caesars. Um, and um, yeah, let's, let's just do it. Let's, let's, let's have a, let's have a podcast reunion on Thursday night somewhere. So, so let it be written. Now, 
Um, no, let me make it clear. Make it clear. I'm not buying. Okay, y'all need to understand that. Okay, up front. So. <clears throat> um, so we had mentioned last week that we had an announcement, and I've seen a couple comments asking about it. So, <clears throat> are you ready to let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, be conservatively, okay, because it's not really a done deal. But I mean, I don't see any reason. Here's how I'll, here's how I will phrase it: We have All entered right. into an agreement, conversation, a conversation uh, with Cam's Service Center in now Dunbar. I mean Charleston, West Virginia, South uh, Charleston. No, just Charleston. Not it's Charleston. Okay, Charleston. sorry. Um, Chris has rented a new shop. Um, it's moved from his current location about five miles. Um, there used to be a company in there called Advantage Fleet. Um, they went out of business and this building has set empty basically for I don't know, five years. Um, right now, if you want to find it, it's easiest to search for Mountaineer Thermo King. They're in the other side of this building that we're in. Um, but I, Chris is committed to building a shop. Um, that is a destination shop, you know, a place where you can come. We, we're, we're working on bringing MD alignment and Pittsburgh power to the table. Um, and, um, you know, he's a force clean. These are force cleaning. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been in the building five days now. So, you know, uh, we're still, you know, kind of in preparation and moving and, uh, but the, but they're working. Um, but, you know, we, we've had a relationship with Chris now probably, well, more than a, about more about than a year, actually almost two years. Cause yeah. he was our vent. He was our su supplier of the year last year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Chris has the mentality of someone that knows he's got to provide a good service. Um, he's been a truck operator. He's had a fleet of trucks. Um, he knows what it's like to be an owner operator. Um, and, and he runs a good shop, you know, he's got a pretty good group group of guys and he's looking to get more guys and, you know, wants to be able to do, you know, engines and transmissions. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of potential, um, in this building. And so we're, you know, we're kind of working together and, and, and sharing visions and trying to see where it's going to end up. But, you know, our shop of choice uh, going forward is going to be Cam's Service Center. I'm going to be up there a lot. Uh, I'm going to be turning some wrenches on some of our stuff and doing what I can to help him um, as he's working on building this new thing. But that's that's where you're going to find us. Um, uh, our our Pittsburgh, our catalyst and our OPS and stuff's all going to be up there. So it's going to be a lot easier for you to come. There's room for truck and trailer. Plenty um, of room, plenty, plenty of room, easy to get on off from the interstate. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, you know, Chris is a avid podcast listener. Okay. He probably listened to nice matter of fact, but what, uh, what we see us doing to help Chris, uh, is that we want to try to do for the repair side, what we've done here at blue ribbon with the, you know, with the trucking side. And I mean, we all know that we did, you know, there's, there's a, a need for, for good mechanics. And so I think Chris kind of admires our approach here, how we're doing things. And we're trying to figure out a way to, to, to do what we do and do it in that's on that side of the industry. Um, I've got a background in, in, in that as well. My early years on, as y'all probably have 
remember is I was in the auto, you know, uh, dealership business and, and, um, made my name, uh, you know, salvaging and rescuing, uh, dealership service departments that were, that were failing. And when the car business started failing because of the interest rates at being 18%, all of a sudden dealers were looking for profits from the service department, the parts department, body shop. And they, those guys go, what the fuck is a profit? You know? <laughs> and so, you know, that's what I've did for the first third of my business career is that. And so I know a little bit about that, um, different, I mean, different part of the industry, but you know, business is business, you know? So we can bring that to the table and, and uh, maybe help him with some systems and organization and obviously exposure here on the podcast, you know? Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, he brings a very, very good, honest, um, culture there. Um, you know, they, we, we've been, well, like I say, we've been doing business with them for a couple of years. They don't know everything, but they're so honest and they're so willing to, to help you. And, you know, and we've learned together, we've grown together. And, uh, so it was a natural kind of a thing. Uh, we think there's going to be a lot of, uh, things we can do. We want the shop part of it, obviously for, for selfish interest, but at the same time, we now have the opportunity to be a brick and mortar outlet for the things that we believe in, you know, mm -hmm. all the products that we believe in. We're hoping that we're, we're in discussion with, you know, with people at Pittsburgh power and, and we'll be meeting with Mike Beckett at the truck show. We're going to try to be franchises for all the things we believe in, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that way we have a one-stop shop right there that we can install the things that we tell you all we want, we want you to have, you know? And, um, so it's going to be kind of a multi, we'll have a, you know, an accessory installation side and we'll have the repair side and, you know, and he's got an extensive part there. He, the guy's got a, he, he, bought, he's bought an inventory that, that three, four years ago was valued at three hundred four hundred thousand dollars at cost. Mm -hmm. Those parts are there, you know? So, I mean, you know, we probably have some really good deals on parts when this thing gets organized, you know, cause I mean, he's got that, he hasn't paid the retail price for those. And now in, in a couple of years, so I'm sure those things have gone up in value. Oh yeah. Um, and, and he's got a bunch of parts, I mean, a bunch of stuff. So, um, I think it's going to be a great thing and, and we've got plenty of parking, plenty of places to come in there and, you know, and, and, uh, and get off the road, come in there, spend the night. We can do some work for you, that sort of thing. But anyway, that's, that's the big announcement. So it's not official official, but it's, we don't see any reason why it's not going to happen. We're just discussing some finer points and a lot of the finer points are what's Chris Polk's role going to be in all this. So, um, so that's kind of where we are. So, but anyway, I'm going to take the opportunity. I want to segue to something here because it, when it, you look at, um, economic metrics and things that are happening monetarily, stock market, general overall economy in 2023 it's very similar to the late 70s and early 80s there's a lot of similarities there and you've told the story in great detail uh, on episode 49 but i'd like you to go back and touch on that because there was a transition that happened there were there were external economic factors that harmed car dealers sales and they had to shift they had to make a change and that's where you came in. So can you boil that down? Give us a little condensed version of that late seventies, early eighties, as things happened and people had to pivot and how you were able to capitalize on it. 
Well, it's one of those at the right place at the right time kind of things. I mean, my dad was in the 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 dealership parts business all of his life, and of course, I was always one of those guys that I mean, every weekend and after school, I would hung out with my dad. I, mean, I, I learned the dealership service department business from the ground up as as a kid, so I had that background in me. And then after school, it was just a natural thing for me to go work there. I mean, I, I, I started out as a manager you know, right out of school. And I just got, got married right out of school. So it was a good place for me, to, the foundation for me to start when I knew, you know. And so I uh, was in the industry in the, the, the late 70s. I got married in 76. I uh, started my first business in 77 on, on the side of being still being in the car business. But I happened to be in the business at a time when um, it was in during the Jimmy Carter, uh, administration and, and inflation got out of hand, just like it did last year, even worse though, because interest rates got to be 18, 19, 20%. Yep. People couldn't buy a house. People couldn't buy a car because the interest was exceed was excessive. I mean, you just couldn't do it. I mean, we got that now, but no, it wasn't near as bad as it was back then. Okay. And so all the, and, and, you know, and, and you look at it right now, I mean, car dealers are in big, big trouble right now. I don't, as a matter of fact, I predict that that model will not survive. I think that the car dealer is yeah. going to go away, but that's another conversation. But anyway, um, so I was there when all of a sudden car dealers needed to make a profit from a thing that they used to consider a necessity that's back behind that wall that they didn't even want to walk in there. You know, they knew it was, was kind of like Canada. They, you know, we know it's up there, but we don't want to go up there and see what it is. That yeah. was the same way they were. They knew it was back there because they had the sign outside. They had to have it, but they knew nothing about what happened past that door. They knew nothing about it. And so I'm in a really good place because here I am. I know this pretty good. I know how to make money. Um, I, I, I got a chance to shine because I'm like, okay, well, stand back and let me. Let. Now, I had to fix some things because dealers, you know, they were there. They all come from the sales area. So they fix the financials to help them. So I'm in the back in the parts where I'm paying for his boat. I'm paying for his girlfriend. I'm paying, you know, all the stuff that I do. So I go up there and I go, okay, I've got 40% of the, of the, of the real estate. I only want to pay 4% of the, of the rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's how this is going to be. So, and of course, as I grew in, in stature and I had success, I had a lot more weight that I could throw about that because they were, I, you know, in, in that, in that dealership world, there are these factory guys that go from dealer to dealer to dealer. And they're kind of like the back channel, you know, they're, you know, I'm at, I'm at a little Pontiac place in Richmond, Kentucky. You know, nobody's even heard of it. Okay. And I'm doing such a good, matter of fact, I won parts manager of the year for General Motors in that little dealership. They sent me to Hawaii for 10 days and sent me a big ass 1099 for going. Um, but I went part. So, so there he's telling these other dealers about me. Well, they're calling me, want me to come fix their problem because they can't make any money out of their parts departments. And so I kind of get the reputation of the fixer. And so I go from one dealer to another, to another, and I fix their problem. And, you know, but I have to go in and the first thing I have to do is straighten out the dealer. I'm like, dude, here's, and I go through all the problems and they wouldn't understand. And I, I told the story about this. I had one particular, matter of fact, the guy in Richmond, okay. The guy with Glenn Markham is his, I probably shouldn't say this story. Podcast. I think he's dead, but anyway, uh, his wife probably killed him. But, um, <laughs> I, I had a dealer that he, it was a good old boy. He did not want to have these rigid rules because he wanted everybody to get along. And he wanted all the mechanics to get along. Everybody sing Kumbaya and hold hands, all that sort of stuff. And I go in there and I do an inventory and he's got like a 30% shrinkage in his inventory from one year to the next. 
Now, it could be accidental or it could be just plain old theft, okay? Right. So I go in, I'm trying to explain. I mean, his parts department is Grand Central Station. There's a door here that's open. There's a door here that's open. There's a door over here that's open. There's no security whatsoever. And he goes way before cameras, okay? Anything like that, you know? And so he's like, everybody and their brother comes in the parts department and gets whatever the hell they want, okay? I'm like, dude, this has cost you, you know, probably $100,000 in the past year. Oh, you're big sad. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I kept trying to get it. I said, look, you can't just let people come in here and pick this stuff up. It, it's not getting charged to the customer. You're paying for it. You have no idea where it's going to. And I, I to finally, here's what I did. I came up with the idea. I said, okay, Glenn, here, come back here with me. I said, that part right there, that part's $400. That part right there, that part's $100. That part, there's a set of spark plugs over there, you know, $40. So, and when, so I said, if we take all these parts out of these shelves and put the money in there that they cost instead of the parts, how do you feel about the security? Lock this motherfucker up right now. You know, so it, 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 <laughs> I finally found his, 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 his common sense, logic, you know, Love he language. just didn't see it as uh, what it is, you know. So that's the illustration. I had. But anyway, that's how I, I, I did it back then. And that's, that's how, that's what worked. And, uh, and you know, it, it, I'm sure it works again today. I don't, you know, I haven't done it in a few years, but I still have the, still have the ability. I'm pretty sure we're getting ready to find out, I think. But, um, but those are the things that I can bring to the party. Uh, if Chris Dolan decides he wants me to help him, um, we can, you know, kind of fix any kind of issues like that. Uh, because right now that's where, you know, if you're losing that kind of money, that's the difference between profit and loss. That's the little note. That's the little details that we jump on truck drivers about, about checking fuel prices and all these kinds of things, you know, getting the cheapest price on tires, getting this, that, and the other, getting the best tire. You know, these are the same attention to detail that we preach here, uh, has to be preached there, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the backbone to establish the procedures and stand up to them. That's the thing. So. Uh, but that I'm guessing that's I'm guessing that's a story you wanted to tell. So yeah, well it it it, it was <clears throat> it's a story born of you know a shift in the market and and right. people got a wake up call. Hey, wait a minute! Right. There's no cars leaving this lot. Uh, we've got to we've got to somehow make a profit. And I guess I'm gonna have to go back and deal with these mouth breathers in this service and parts <laughs> department and figure out how to make some money. You know. Well, you you remember you're an, you're a racing fan. You you remember Dale Earnhardt's good wrench cars, right? Oh yeah, GM good wrench. Mm -hmm. That that was born in this era because at that time nobody bought brought their car back to the dealership to get work done to it. Nobody did because mm -hmm. dealers were really expensive. The parts the parts were twice what you could get down the road. So people would come buy their car, they bring it there for warranty, but all the oil changes, the shocks, all the regular stuff, they were doing that at Napa or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So the GM Goodwrench program was born. Mr. Goodwrench, y'all probably none, none of this old enough to understand this, but he was a ball guy, looked like me. And it said, keep your GM car, all GM, you know, uh, Mr. Goodwrench. And it was a way to market uh, coming back to the dealership for that kind of stuff that they weren't getting because they were, so they discounted all their parts way down. And they had those uh, express lanes where you come in, you get oil change for, without having to go through the mechanic shop and get charged a hundred bucks an hour, you know? Yeah. Uh, so all this was an attempt to get people back. And, and so that's, that was born during this time. You know, the Ford had their equivalent. I'm, I was never at a Ford place. I don't know, but I know they had the same thing. Quality uh, care. Yeah. 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 So, but anyway, yeah, that's, that was all during those late seventies, early eighties when that all happened. And, well, and, um, and interestingly, there was a story I, I heard about Dale Earnhardt after his death, um, <laughs> that at, D, at DEI, apparently he would not hire 
people to work in his shop that had their own race car um, because he knew that his parts would have a high propensity of leaving the building if you had a race car in your garage to work on. Um, so um, it, it's uh, business is business, no matter if you're racing cars, driving trucks, selling parts, flipping burgers, you know, you've got to know, uh, what you, what your, what your exposure is on your costs. And so like Larry said, what, what we'd really love to do with this shop opportunity in this relationship is to get young men and women, um, and get them in and focused on the customer before they get out and get exposed to and, uh, and ruined, um, by the society and show them that same opportunity, uh, that they can have to put themselves in a relationship with the customer so that they can be more than just a guy turning wrenches, making an hourly wage. So we're both excited about the opportunity. And, um, can you imagine going to a shop that's customer focused? Oh, can you imagine, can you imagine how that, how that word's going to spread? So, um, Anyway, we got, we got a lot of work to do there. You know, it's, it's, it's a process, you know, and like anything else, it's all about the people. And so one of the, you know, one of our early uh, challenges are going to be finding those people, identifying those people and, you know, and, um, and developing this, uh, this process there that we've got here, you know, where we're, you know, we're attracting. And, and we think the podcast and the podcast may shift a little bit because of that, because now we need to attract potential people who want to be in the mechanic business, you know, or be yeah. in that shop business and, and understand what that, what that future would look like and what the op- opportunities are. And, you know, like the guy was one to, to, to one to work for, didn't know if he wanted to work for percentage or for miles. It's the same thing with these guys. I mean, you know, most of these guys, they, they want a salary. They don't understand sales is the highest paying profession in the world. Yeah. Okay. And when you take a salary, you're just putting the price on yourself that says, here's what my worth is, and I'm going to sell it to you for wholesale and let you go sell it for retail and keep the difference. Okay. Yeah. That's what we got to get. We got to teach people how that's not security. That's insecurity. Okay. It's a false sense of security. Um, so we got to teach that because they're not learning in school. And so if we I get know, the person that understands that and goes, you know what? I don't worry about today. I'm only going to work. And, and you know, somebody told me way, way, way early on in my, in my long life, but you know, somebody told me, I said, look, if, if you will not worry about the money, if you'll just worry about the service that you give, the quality of your product, focus everything on that, the money will come. Of course, that sounds so, you know, whatever. It sounds so cliche, but mm-hmm. it's absolutely, I mean, now looking back, it's absolutely true. People will pay you. I've y'all have heard the story about my plumber. I know you have. Oh yeah. You know, the guy doesn't advertise his name's on the side of the truck or anything. He won't take a new customer. He don't need to. People pay him because his service and his quality and his attention to detail and everything. They don't even ask what it costs. They might come do this, you know? Uh, so, I mean, it, if you will focus on the customer, the person who matters and stop the focus on everything else, the money will be there. And, um, that's what we're going to, that's what our challenges are going to be in this other side of the industry. I'm, I'm sure. Cause y'all know who you deal with. I mean, my God, look what we have to go in there and deal with the person behind the counter in a TA, 
that's doing everything they can to get you not to stay there. You know, every every ounce of energy that they're exp expending is trying to get you to not do business with them. I literally got on my hands and knees at a Landstar function one time <laughs> and begged these people from, from, from corporate. We need you. Can y'all quit running us off and, not, and, and telling us you can't work on our, our vehicles? We need you. You know, now I can do this. I can say, you know what? Y'all didn't deliver. So we're going to screw you all. Okay. <clears throat> oh, so yeah. anyway, I, re listen, revenge is so sweet. You know, so. <laughs> hey, the TA, by the way, in the town that our shop's going to be in is already sending this business. By the way. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, <laughs> so uh, a little, uh, a couple of plugs here. Okay. One, uh, Chris Dolan, Margie Dolan, Cam's Truck and Trailer in Dunbar, West Virginia, Cam's Service Center. Cam Service Center. That's the shop. Now, uh, the new shop is going to be in Charleston. But anyway, uh, hey, if you're in the area, you need you know somebody that needs some quality work done and they're they're going to be in West Virginia or coming through West Virginia, hey, give them a call. Okay. Um, and then eventually we'll have the shop there together. We'll be doing our thing. Uh, but right now, uh, send them a little business if you can. Uh, the other thing is we still, uh, we've got some trucks that are coming on that we we're looking for drivers for, uh, right now, the time frame is probably April, May, something like that. Um, and, and also if you're out there and you have a paid for truck, that's the right truck. And you know, you understand what we do here. Um, we, we would like to talk to you about using the truck in the program, uh, during that time frame, you know, particularly these lunatic 2.0 trucks that we're talking about, because we do have a couple of guys that are coming in now that have automatic restrictions. And uh, until we get this lady, Diane, down there on our team, getting that re removed, we're going to have to provide some automatic trucks. And we don't really have enough of those. So if you've got a great 2016, 2017, 2018, DD15, DT12 uh, paid for, um, da, 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 and you can't keep a driver and you want to, you know, want to be utilized, uh, give us a call, reach out to us and, uh, we will talk to you about maybe possibly putting in the program. And I will tell you this. Okay. Um, we turned down a hundred times more <laughs> truck owners than we do drivers. Uh, cause it's a very, very, very delicate balance. You have to understand what we do here and you have to understand this is not like you're putting money in a stock, you know, in a, in a, in a stock market. So uh, you have to understand how this works. And if you're a driver and you're an owner, you've been around for a while, you understand what I'm saying. We do not want investors. We do not want people to go buy trucks and try to give them to us. That's an automatic no. Okay. So, um, but if you're, if you've got a truck sitting somewhere and you've, you've given up trying to get drivers, cause I get that. You don't want to deal with the HR. You don't want to deal with having to buy a uh, hire a new driver every other day. I get that. We might be an outlet for you. So. All right. All right. Well, I uh, <clears throat> I'm ready to shut her down because I'm yeah I'm exhausted. Uh, well, thanks for all thanks for all the comments, everybody, and uh, we look forward to talking to you at the truck show. A couple months if we can work that out. Um, and if you're going to be in the area, stop by and see Chris at the shop at the new shop. So, um, well, we will be back uh, with y'all next Friday night. Uh, that'd be the twelfth at eight o'clock. Hopefully, 
I will be able to talk better and not cough my head off the whole time. Uh, <clears throat> so with that, uh, wish everyone uh, a happy, profitable next week, and we'll see you on the next one. All right. Good night, everybody. Be safe out there.